Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, fellow subjects of Christ the King. Next Sunday begins the season of Advent, when the church year focuses on the coming Christ. After that comes Christmas, with a focus on Christ in the flesh, the Son of God incarnate. Then Epiphany, emphasizing Christ as light and Savior of all the world. Of course, in Lent, we focus on Christ as our substitute and the fulfillment of God's promises, and in Holy Week, we see Christ as the Lamb of God, sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Easter presents us with the risen Christ, raised from the dead to give life to all who believe in Him. And after we see Christ exalted at Ascension, at Pentecost, the focus switches to the life of Christ's church until the year comes to its close and we consider Christ's return. So why then, with all those different views of Jesus, do we conclude the church year by focusing on Christ the King? Because when everything comes to an end, that is what we and all the world will see. Christ, the King. That is the constant, unchanging, secure reality that backstops both all of history and all prophecy. When everything we know draws to its close, it will not be the hint of a Messiah, the squalling or squirming sweet baby Jesus. It will not be a weak moral teacher, a burdened and bleeding sufferer hanging on a cross that we see. No, instead we will all see with our own eyes Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, in His rightful place on His throne in heaven, ruling over all things for all eternity. Clearly, that picture of our Savior seated in power and glory gives us hope and assurance, which is healthy for our faith. But there is something else that we can say it gives us, something we, we too often do not even realize we need. Perspective. Seeing Christ the King simply helps us see better, no matter what we look at, past, present, or future. Both the visions that God gave Daniel and those he gave the Apostle John were, were intended for this purpose, not just for those men, but for everyone who would read the books of Daniel and Revelation where, where the visions were recorded for us. John's were focused primarily on the last days, what Christ's church would experience as his return drew closer and concluded with a glorious picture of the faithful's new life in the new Jerusalem that is paradise after the resurrection. But Daniel's visions, given hundreds of years before John's, showed God in charge of all human history predicting and, and picturing the rise and fall of empire after empire until Christ comes and His church rises and the world is changed. But the Holy Spirit 
takes Daniel beyond the fulfillment of all Scripture's prophecies about the Messiah when he comes to earth. He also shows him that Messiah at the end of all things, given all honor as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen again as we read our first lesson, Daniel 7, 13, and 14. I kept watching the night visions, and there in the clouds of heaven I saw one like a son of man coming. He came to the Ancient of Days, and he was brought before him. To him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom. All peoples, nations, and languages will worship him. His dominion is an eternal dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Now, a somewhat similar picture is given in our second lesson today from Revelation 1, where it says that when Christ comes with the clouds on the last day, every eye will see him, including those who pierced him, and all the nations of the earth will mourn because of him. No one is going to miss it when Jesus returns, especially not those who thought that they could reject or ignore him or even worse. Which means that there will be people all over the world greeting that glorious sight with dread and terror and deep regret and grief. Because they will know in that moment, without a doubt, that they were wrong in their unbelief, and that now they will be held accountable for all the wrong they have done and all the right they have left undone. And by rights, you and I should be among those mourners. Because if we take even a brief look at God's law and what he requires of us for acceptance and for entry into heaven, we know we don't measure up in the slightest and, and can't. We, we have never feared, loved, and trusted in him above all things. There, there has always been something or someone that gets at least some of the devotion that the Lord alone deserves. We have not treated his holy saving name with, with the respect and honor it deserves, using it for praise, prayer, and confession, and thanksgiving. And, and our treatment of his holy saving word, the Bible, has, has been no better. As we avoid it when it's inconvenient, ignore it when it makes us uncomfortable, and presume to rewrite it when we think we know better. We do not obey God's representatives on earth any better than we obey our Father in heaven. And, and thoughts of, of violence, hateful attitudes, acts of theft, hurtful language, and obsessive desires for things that are not ours to have are regular parts of our lives and are all too often honored guests in our hearts. We are sinners who sin. And as such, we know what we deserve. Exactly what God has said from the beginning and throughout His Scriptures, that any disobedience or imperfection would earn us. We deserve death and damnation for eternity in the hell prison designed for the devil and his demons. Not good. Not happy. And not what God wants. That's why He sent His Son to us. That's why Jesus came. That's why He was pierced. 
and mocked and rejected and scourged and forsaken and crucified. That's why he finished the mission he came to do. And that's why he rose firstborn from the dead on the third day. Because though we deserved nothing but wrath from God, he gave us grace instead. Undeserved love and favor, mercy and pardon. Christ took all our sins and guilt upon himself and paid for them in full with his life blood. And in exchange, he gave us his perfect righteousness so that now when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see any trace of our trespasses, only the happy holiness of his own beloved Son. Believe it. Trust it. And all that He came to give you is yours forever. Forgiveness, peace, comfort, confidence, eternal life, paradise. That is what God wants for you and what Jesus came for. And so when our eyes behold Him at His coming, we will not mourn or grieve We will rejoice and shout and sing, maybe even leap and dance. Yes, we will bow along with all the others. There will be no fear or even doubt in our hearts or minds when when we raise our heads again because we know who we are. The chosen, privileged subjects of the King, the family of God, brothers and sisters to the Lord of Lords. And knowing this about ourselves and about our King, and knowing where we end up, helps us see everything differently. Look now in your minds at the the evil kingdoms, empires, and reichs of the past. Assyrian, Babylonian, Roman, autocratic, fascist, communist, realize that none of their power or pretensions ever stood a chance against the Lord of all the universe. Consider all the trials and terrors that God's people Israel endured, which, which led many to despair. We're all, in fact, being used by God to lead them where He wanted them, to provide them their Messiah and provide all the world its King and Savior. And now look at your own past and see the trials and terrors there, whether they were decades ago or just yesterday. Yes, it's easy to see your failures and despair. Yes, it's easy to see how you have been opposed and attacked by other people. Yes, it's easy to think that somehow God must have forgotten about you or His promises during all the bad times. But you know better when you see Christ on His throne. He never stopped ruling your life and heart through all those times, and He ruled them all for your good to bring you someplace better. You may not see or understand now what He was doing, you know for sure that He had it all in hand because you see and understand who He is. Not some milk-toast Messiah or moral teacher, 
but Christ the King of all creation who loves you. And in the same way, look at the present. Sure, it's not hard to see a a messed up, seemingly out of control world or nation or politics or economy or culture and feel all is lost. Sure, it's not hard to take it personally and, and fall into depression or anger or apathy when things don't go well for us, when others hurt us or treat us poorly, or our lives just get difficult. But we have God's assurance. We know in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Christ the King is ruling over all things for the good of His church, His people, and that is you and that is me. Things may look bad today. Things may be bad today. But we know the One who died for our salvation is in charge. And no enemy or emotion, no upset or abuse can deny His authority or resist His power. He is the King. And no matter how bleak the future may seem as we look forward to to the next week or the next election or the end of the century, we know how everything ends. With Jesus on His throne and us by His side. There is no question that we will have more troubles ahead in our lives. There is no question that the world is going to get worse and worse as the end draws near. There is no question that Satan is going to go all out as time runs out. But none of the things that he or his allies do in this world or do to the members of God's family will matter in the end. Because in the end, Jesus wins. And Christ reigns as King. There will be justice for His people, no matter what has happened. There will be no interruption to or failure to acknowledge Christ's glorious rule. So yes, seeing Christ as King provides perspective. It changes the way we see everything, past, present, and future. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing, no, nothing is going right, you've got a king. When plans for your future fall apart, when promises are broken, when other people disappoint you, you have a king who can be counted on when there is some grudge or grievance from the past that you think you need to hold on to, consider what Christ has done for you and how silly you will feel bringing your complaint before His throne. You've got a king who set you free from slavery. And when there's some sin or untruth that you grabbed on to to in the past and kind of want to hold on to into the future because your sinful flesh finds it attractive or just comfortable. Remember that you want nothing to stand between you and welcoming your king when he comes 
to call you to his side. You've got a king. And when you are torn up inside, when you are hurting, when you're trying to figure out your life, when, when you hate or are ashamed by what you look, see when you look in the mirror, remember that you belong to one who loves you and has freed you from your sins by his own blood, and he has made you part of his kingdom and priests to God his Father. You've got a king. Remember, remember, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our brother, the same one who gave himself over to suffering and death as our substitute for our sins, is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the Alpha and the Omega. All glory and power is His forever. And when He comes, every knee will bow and every tongue will give Him honor. And He has made us a kingdom and priests to God His Father. Christ is King. And that's all there is to it. Hallelujah. Amen. Please rise. Now to the King eternal, to the immortal, invisible, only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.